It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hob. Welcome to the brand new, never been heard before, Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs podcast, episode number 35. Hi, P. Jug. Hey, P. Jug here. She says that every week. As a matter of fact, you know what I should do? I should go to previous episodes and cut out every time she said P jug here. Hey, P jug here. Right? And really, after she says that, she doesn't speak another word for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> at least you know she's here. Yeah, she's kind of in the background. Hey, P jug here. And then we got Hobbs. Hey, Hobbs. Hey, how are you today? I'm uh, doing okay. You know, it's fantasy football time at my house. The NFL games this year have went right down to the wire, and not just the Vikings. I mean, all the games. It's been like that on Monday night football. It's been like that on Thursday night football. Uh, it's just been fantastic. And, you know, at this time of the year, there's so many injuries in the NFL. It's crazy. So when you look at your lineup and you look at who you have, and I have one league that I have been in for probably 16 or 17 years. And I've never won it ever. It's a thousand dollar grand prize. I really want to win that one. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got another uh, league I'm in that's 600 bucks. And, uh, you know, the last game, we went down to the final play for me to lose both games. Oh, right. Oh. And so I watched this entire Washington game the other night mm -hmm. uh, with Seattle. The whole thing, I'm just about ready to cry. I shouldn't take fantasy football that seriously, but I got nothing better to do. So, uh, Hobbs has been very busy, uh, and tell us what you've been up to. My kid's band is playing at seventh street entry on December 19th, blue Venus, get your tickets now. But yeah, they, they recorded an album and released it pre pandemic. It was a good defer question at Thanksgiving. Cause the parents are like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, my kid is playing seventh street entry, you know, same place, little guy named Prince played. So, you know, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about college. Well, and think about it earlier in the podcast, we did have my son and his band on beat generation. Mm -hmm. uh, my son moves over to Germany. I speak with him and this was the craziest thing. They have a, a train station. That's the main train station in Munich. And everything there, of course, is by rail. Okay. That's how people get around. Okay. And all of a sudden there's a massive explosion. Jeez. And what had happened was they were going to try and add on to the rail station and they were doing heavy construction. And one of the things that digs into the ground hit a, a bomb. It was mm -hmm. from uh, World War II. Oh my God. And the thing went off and it blew up a huge hole. It was a 550 pound bomb. So that's the happy news I got for the podcast. Today. So now that we're all uh, bummed out, let's go to our special guest today, who we hope brings a little levity to this show. Meet the CFO, the CEO, and the BFD of Dwelling Services, Randy the Handyman. BFD. BFD in the house. We've had so many people on this show that do so many different things, right? Uh, and we're thinking... What haven't we covered? And one of the things that we all need is help when stuff breaks. Mm -hmm. And when stuff breaks and you have almost zero skill, zero ability to watch YouTube and ever get anything done, you're just not talented. You call in the professionals 
And uh, a number of years ago, I had a house that had some kind of an issue. I had a property manager and the property manager, uh, I would call when something broke. And then the property manager would then send somebody to my place to help. Well, eventually this guy named Randy comes over and he works on my house. And, uh, and I'm thinking, God, what a great job this guy did. I better keep his number. Well, then I moved. I went to a different house and uh, something broke. And I had a handyman, but we broke up. I don't know exactly. It's like a hairdresser. When you lose your handyman, it's awful, right? And this, our, our handyman actually went to work selling guns at Gander Mountain. Uh, he had a, a love for that or whatever. So anyway, I go through my emails and I find this one from all those years earlier. Uh, and it was uh, about what I had fixed at my other house by Randy, the handyman. So I got online and I looked him up and I, I think I sent an email. And the next thing you know, he's over at my different house fixing other stuff I broke. And uh, we've been attached at the hip ever since. As a matter of fact, Randy, you, you'll never believe this. What I do each year, okay, is I go to my Wells Fargo account and I type in search for dwelling services to see how much I spend each year with you. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. Yeah. And, and each year it seems to increase, and that's because uh, everything I do has decreased. So how many years you've been doing this, and how did this whole dwelling services start? Because you weren't always in the fix-it business. You used to do like a corporate thing. About 18 years ago, almost 18 years now, I was – getting tired of the corporate world. It was just starting to uh, take its toll on me. And it was after we built, I was working for a cabinet shop and we would build store fixtures, which would be the items or the, the fixturing that they would put in stores that they put all their stock on. So it was high-end cabinetry for some of the store fixtures that were nationwide. And I was a project manager for them. And I would go out to all the different sites and meet electricians and um, carpenters and drywallers, and they'd teach me all of their tricks. After Thanksgiving on a Black Friday, because we had to have all the stores done by Black Friday, I was just so stressed out and heart palpitations. I'm like, this isn't right. And I saw the doctor a few weeks later and said, what are you going to do? And I said, I think I need to quit my job. And a year later, I quit my job. And everybody's asking, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm not really sure. Diane said, if I ever quit my job, I could refinish her deck. So I got a hold of Diane and said, I quit my job. I need to refinish your deck. I was in charge of the singles ministry at church. And it just so happened that there were a lot of single ladies that owned houses that needed somebody they could trust. And so they all trusted me right off the bat. And my first clientele happened to be just a lot of the single gals from church that needed work done. And my name got out there as somebody you could trust and depend on. And I, I want to say the rest is history, but it's, it's quite a history. So there's a lot more to it than that. But, and then you got with the, you know, the property management folks. That was interesting. The um, owner of the property management company got my name from somebody through church as well. And he had me working on one of his properties. And I met this guy there and I was like, I, you know, we, didn't really talk a whole lot, but he showed me what he wanted me to do, and I worked on it. And a few days later, I'm getting this calls from all kinds of people saying, "Yes, this uh, Steve told us to give you a call." And I'm like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> I had no. I mean, I'm getting call after call after call for all these jobs to do, 
and come to find out that right about the same time I started my business, he started his as a property management company. Everything worked out so well for me. I, I have to admit, part of what I was doing was following what I believe God wanted me to do. And the doors opened up immediately in a bad economy for me to have a good relationship with somebody who had all kinds of properties to work on and everybody's trying to start their handyman business and couldn't find work. And I had almost guaranteed work right off the bat. And so I was able to weather the storm of what was it? 2008 when everything was uh, really doing poorly and just made a lot of connections through uh, renters that ended up buying their homes and wanting me to work on their properties. And a lot of my, a lot of the renters ended up becoming clients and a lot of the clients have ended up becoming friends. Randy comes over now and we talk for like four hours before he ever does. Anything. <laughs> Do you have Do any you, idea? How you much- bill him for that. Randy? Yes, exactly. I can't tell you that because then he would know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's on the clock. He just doesn't. Yeah, tell he's me. like a lawyer. He's like a yeah. lawyer. If he has to listen to your problems that you created before he arrived, he should be paid for that time. Uh, the neat thing about this, though, is that the, the relationship that Moon and I have is he listens to my problems, too. So that, yeah. it, it, is, it goes back and forth with the two of us. So he he pays dearly because he has to listen to me and I pay dearly because I have to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have like a major medical deal, I have Randy drive me because, you know, you have to have anesthesia. And uh, the last time the anesthesiologist asked me, how do you react to sedation? And I say, I enjoy it. Right. (laughs) So Randy and I started hanging out and then Randy, you know, he's mentioned the church several times. We used to go to the same church. And then when I kind of stopped going, cause I was hard to get in and out, uh, we would just do like online. And we did that with a couple of different churches with Randy. He had always, you know, helped at the church so much in many different ways, not just, you know, fixing stuff, but fixing people uh, that were troubled by being there and being supportive through the church and through part of the congregation. And, you know, the next thing, you know, Randy is going to study the ministry and he, he wants to become licensed. And so as he's going through his schooling, uh, we go on a cruise. I'll try to keep this story short. It's a good one. Okay, so we have been at sea for a couple, three days on a cruise. We have no internet. So when we get out in Cozumel, the very first thing outside of the ship is a Margaritaville. Well, you know how I feel about Jimmy Buffett. And so as we get there, we see free Wi-Fi. And uh, I'm thinking, this is awesome. So we go in, we order a cheeseburger, as you might expect. And Randy got a, a margarita. And we get our email and I have been away from work and I've got like 300 emails. I was averaging like a hundred emails a day from listeners and, you know, everybody that wanted interviewed and God, you name it. As I'm sitting there going through the emails, uh, Randy finishes his margarita and a waitress comes over a server and says, have you ever tried an upside down margarita? And he's like, I don't know what that is. So she goes over and gets this margarita that's like three and a half feet tall. And she she makes him tilt his head back as far as he can get it. She pours the margarita into his mouth and then she shakes his head violently. Right? All this for free Wi-Fi, Randy. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, 
The price one must pay. <laughs> so I'm sitting there looking at this, and I'm thinking, I've never seen that, and I've been drinking a long time, right? Sure. And so anyway, uh, I'm you know still doing emails. He's still drinking margaritas. He grabs another one to go, and then we go to this little store up the road a little ways, and we bought some stuff. And Randy at that point was starting to feel his oats, right? <laughs> and uh, by the what time we're on our way back, there's a vendor that cries from the top of the, these steps. Oh, much better deals in here, man. You got to come up here and see my, my stuff. And so anyway, Randy's like, hey, wait a minute. I think they might have what I'm looking for. Off he goes. And I'm sitting out in the sun in my wheelchair. Well, guess what happens? Hmm. 15 minutes go by. 30 go by. An hour and a half goes by. There's no Randy. I'm cooking. So I'm thinking, I better get back to the ship. The ship's going to leave. I got my wheelchair in high gear. And when I get there, I realized I had given Randy my phone, my passport, my room card for the ship. I got nothing. And so I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, he's been kidnapped. Because you hear about that happening in Mexico. True. Right? And he's gone. And so I'm trying to borrow people's phones as they approach the TSA. Right? And uh, <laughs> nobody wants to give me their phone. Most people don't even have service because we're in a different country. Finally, somebody from Detroit, Michigan says, I got a phone. I think it was AT&T. I call uh, P-Jug. She never takes calls that are unidentified, right? And so, but for some reason, she picked up and I said, oh, my God, Randy's MIA, man. He's gone. I got no way to get in and the ship's about ready to leave. I don't know what I'm going to do. So she goes with her friend to the concierge. They get a copy of my passport and my room card. They come get me. We get the wheelchair loaded on and the ship like pulls out. I'm one of the last ones that they put the dock, the, uh, the ramp up. Right. And off we go. We look for Randy the entire night and never did find him. He was missing. But the concierge said we checked and he's used his room key. Right. When he got on board, he used his room key. So we know he's on the ship. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, we're going to end up on Dateline. Right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so anyway, I was mad at Randy. And I think I don't have a phone. I don't have my wallet. I don't have nothing. And uh, anyway, next day he comes over about 1130 in the morning. It looked like he'd been hit by a cruise ship. And uh, <laughs> he apologized. We hug and made up. And I think we even kissed. We may have kissed that day. I don't know. That was on the back of the ship. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I just got a guy that's in the ministry completely hammered. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, my brother used to drink with his priest at his church all the time. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you'd see him outside. They were mowing their lawn. The next thing you know, they got a couple of beers flowing and, there was a lot of wine consumed if you read the Bible. <laughs> Isn't it was that his correct? First, it was Jesus's first miracle. Come on now. Yeah. That's pretty much right. My grandfather used to, my grandfather used to work at, um, as a kid at the seminary. And that was his job was to take out all the recycling of the priests. And he was like eight or nine. He's like, I got really strong carrying all those empty bottles of like Cuddy Sark. <laughs> oh <my laughs> trash. Cuddy Sark. Haven't heard that referenced Ooh, in a while. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Do they make that anymore? Oh, I'm pretty sure they do. The Catholics are still around. <laughs> and that's the thing. As Randy was studying the ministry, uh, you know, stuff, he would come over to my house to do a job or whatever. And the next thing you know, I'm trying to listen to 
you know, some of the things he's written and some of the questions that were asked. And when you're studying to be a minister, I had no idea uh, that it was beyond deep. How long did it take you? Because you got really, really good grades. I remember that, but you worked really hard at it and it took a while. It was uh, a seminary course. Uh, it was micro course. Instead of it being three years, we did it in 18 months. The depth of it, like you say, it was pretty incredible. And it's, it shakes you to the core. And really, it start, you start to wonder, is this? do I really believe this? And because it makes you really dig deep into yourself as to what are your core beliefs. And it tries to get you to quit almost. As you dig deeper and deeper, you just, it, it almost seems impossible. But there is no way, it, 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 is, it is not impossible for God to be real because everything points to it. It shakes you. It really does. Who are you really? And what is God really? And who is Jesus really? And the degree was pretty incredible. So, well, and see for me, I, you know, Mr. Doubter. Okay. Mr. Doubter over here. Uh, so I go to Randy and I'm like, we got to talk heaven. Let's just, <laughs> let's skip to the chase. Okay. And I'm like, right? wouldn't it be awesome if there were some scientific evidence uh, you know, you hear about dinosaur bones that are 250 million years old and this and that. But we got no, you know, hardcore, you know, TMZ video of Jesus doing something crazy, uh, you know, or or something, just anything. Uh, you know, when I met P-Jug, she was pretty hardcore church, right? You oh. listen to KTIS, the religious station. You had no idea where I even worked which you probably should have never met me. You'd have been a hell of a lot better off. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, no one has ever experienced moon and then been worse off. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here. The, the way that this man inspires has mm -hmm. been incredible. Um, ever since I've known moon, he has been going through um, MS, which has been slowly degenerating his body. One of the reasons that I wanted to become a pastor is because I have a neurological issue as well because of a herniated disc in my neck. And so my body is somewhat giving out as well, not to the degree that his is. But we have um, spent an awful lot of time talking over these uh, 15 years or whatever it may be. And it's always been inspirational to talk to a man that you would have no idea he has this issue going on. If you didn't know him, I used to listen to KTIS religiously as well before I met Moon. Uh -huh. And because of KS95, it was like I started listening to KS95 to hear him. Now I'm back to now that he's not on KS95, I'm back to KTIS, which is. <laughs> wow, they, Randy, I thought you were listening to me this whole time. Damn. Oh, well, I, well, I don't know where you are. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's just it, to listen to him on the air day after day and knowing what I knew and knowing what things we had talked about and to not have that come out on the air, it just inspired me with some of my issues that what do I have to complain about um, when you can have something like that and nobody knew. It was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my life dealing with him on that. And the, the spirit that this man has, even though he has a hard time understanding what, what heaven is and, and all of that, I, we almost got him there um, with an understanding of what heaven really is because of how he is 
gone through all of this and still perseveres like you would not believe. It's It's been an incredible inspiration to watch. Well, thank you for that. Being on the air for me was the only time of the day that I didn't think about being sick, right? Because MS is with you 24-7. But when I went to work and when I was on the show, I was doing the show. It's like doing stand-up or anything where, you know, the mic's on and you're on and it's time. And that was the place I loved, I loved to hide there. You know, I was not sick. I didn't have any issues, you know. And if I did, I could even talk about them, you know, and just be honest and let people know what's going on with me. And I did that a lot. Uh, early on when I got MS, nobody knows this probably, but I didn't tell my family, my mom and dad, forever. I never did. My mom would get panic attacks. And she would get panic attacks as she sat there in her living room listening to her police scanner, if there was a car that got picked up for going five miles over the limit, she would start stressing out that it was a murderer on the way. <laughs> I mean, my mom was just like that, okay? Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I told her I had a debilitating disease and other people she knew, I'm sure, had MS, uh, you know, she was going to flip. And, you know, I didn't want to tell my dad because then he'd feel obligated to tell her. And uh, I remember going out to their anniversary and I was so sick. It was their 60, 60th or 65th. 60th, I think. And I just got out of the hospital. And I remember wearing long sleeve shirts because I had so many holes poked into my arms. They're like brown. I looked like a bruised banana, right? Uh -huh. On both sides. And I'm thinking, long sleeve shirt, we'll be fine. So anyway, I hid it from them and I hid it from the audience. Uh, until, you know, it got to the place where I had to kind of say, okay, people are starting to wonder why I'm on a cane. <laughs> people are starting to wonder why I'm on a walker. <laughs> yeah, people are starting to wonder, and they did wonder. And the thing about MS is early on, when you are uh, starting to progress early, early on in the disease, it makes you appear like you're liquored up <laughs> because your gait, your uh, balance is impaired. So if you're a cop and you go to an MS victim and you say, okay, I'm going to put you through a roadside, well, <laughs> you're never going to pass. That's a good point. I never thought of that, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense because yeah, you're trying to stabilize yourself and it's going to look odd. Tonight, what are we doing? P-Jug, you know? I'm ordering my favorite pizza, Red Savoy. Oh, yeah. She likes See, Red Savoy. Moon's gotten his way the last two times we had pizza. He had green milk. So I can't tell you how many times at the radio station I got Mesa Pizza. If you've never been there, it's in Dinkytown. There's a couple of locations, one in Uptown, too. You got me in trouble the very first time. Do you remember when I became your producer and you got me in trouble? Because it was, I was like, I never, because I came off mornings and you could never order cool food. Yeah. Because, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the yeah. morning, right? I started in afternoons. I'm like, and he was talking about this Mesa pizza. I'm like, I've never had that. I'll order a pizza. And do you remember our front desk gal, Sharon? Oh, yeah. The pizza showed up. She was so mad that we were stinking up her area with the pizza. <laughs> oh, no. The program director is like, your people ordered a pizza. And it's not my job to, like, watch this pizza. You were getting yelled at. And I'm like, no, no, it was me. I ordered the pizza. And he's like, I got, I got pulled into the office. Like, you know better than to encourage him with pizza. And I'm like, I don't. It's literally like my second day. But yeah, <laughs> then we just waited until they went home. And then we ordered pizza. It was worth getting yelled at. It was worth a closed door meeting. I'm not going to lie. It was good. Well, yeah, and one yeah, of the pieces good. is called Southern Gentleman. 
That's this the is one. the thing. Okay? That's the one. This is the one. Okay. Instead of a marinara sauce on the crust, it's mashed potatoes, right? It's awesome. Absolutely delightful. Randy, you need this in your life. Let's go around the room and, and where is your favorite pizza? Hobbs, what is it for you? Ooh, Ooh. well, you know, it's sad because it's been my favorite for forever. And then the man who started the place passed and other, I, I think it's still in the family, but it doesn't seem like, it seems like they changed the sauce, but it was called Michael's and it's on the West side of St. Paul, not West St. Paul, the West side on Concord and basically um, Robert. I believe it's his son or it's some relation that owns the chain Dino's Euros. That was how I bribed my kid to get good grades. I'm like, if you get A's, I'll get Michael's. Nice. It was really good. P-Jug, you already said your favorite pizza is Red Savoy. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That is good. Randy, the handyman, you're next. My first thought was I used to really love Godfather's deep dish mm. pizza. That I remember Godfather's? Oh, my gosh. I love those things. Oh. But uh, I found a pizza place in Northfield called Basil Pizza, and mm. that is the best pizza. I love it. They have way too much cheese, but that's what makes it good. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Can I change my answer? Polly Eyes and Mankato. Ooh, that's good. Oh. Eyes. It's spelled Pagli Eyes, but Polly Eyes and Mankato, if you're ever through Mankato, treat yourself it's it's amazing when you said lots of cheese that was like yes. oh yeah i'm changing my answer i think my favorite pizza as a child if we can go back that far in nebraska was valentino's pizza they were well known in lincoln which was a college town and my sister went to college there so we would go and we would order like 10 pizzas right with no intention of picking them up because what happened was, oh, yep. Then we no. would go. We would go stand oh. in line at the restaurant door when it was about closing time, and they were going to have to throw the pies out. And so we would get Nobody. these pies for like five bucks. That's why you need Randy in your life. <laughs> really that's why Randy. Me. That's why. That's why. That's why the Lord brought him to you. You need someone to keep you on the old straight and narrow, there, kid. <laughs> you know, if you take a look at all the things I've done wrong. You know, swindling pizza is one of them, I suppose. <laughs> here's another pizza, pizza story. So here's a pizza story. There's a buddy of mine. His name is Greg. He and I were on our way to uh, Omaha and then further to Lincoln to a Nebraska Cornhusker game with my son as Nebraska faced Colorado Buffaloes. And I was so excited because I hadn't been there in so many years. And so uh, off we went. And when we got to Des Moines, we stopped at a pizza place. Many times you'll order uh, a large pizza, half of it one topping, half of it another topping. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right? And so then I went to the server and I said, you know, I'm seeing four pies here that look really good. I know that you could do half and half, but can you do quarters? <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, well, I don't know. I'll ask. So then a little while later, and I have proof to put it, I put it on our website. And uh, these pies came out and they were perfect. There were two slices of four different kinds of pizza. Awesome. <laughs> and, they, and they were going to change the name of that slice uh, because it was almost like a sampler and people started buying it, right? Uh, so what they did was they called it the moon pie. Nice. <laughs> and I think at Red Savoy, I think there's a Tom Bernard. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've had it. It's good. Sauerkraut. <laughs> I don't think so. Speaking <laughs> of Tom Bernard, let's talk Tom Bernard. He had COVID. Every year, the morning show at KQ92 would go on a road trip. Yeah, they usually did. Usually yeah, yeah. Las Vegas or whatever. Yep. yep. And that thing was legendary over the years. They've oh, done God, yeah. a, lot, a lot of crazy stuff. Okay. So anyway, this time, uh, and for a number of years, and I think this is the third year, they moved it to Nashville. You know, all that live music and all that great food. I mean, it's a great town to go party in. So they go down there, and uh, Tom gets COVID. Ugh. Brian Zepp gets COVID, oh, his partner. No. Mm -hmm. And then Tony Lee, his producer. No, Tony. Also got COVID. Uh, they're doing okay. They were all vaccinated, you know, and now oh, it was breakthrough. It was breakthrough COVID. They already were vaccinated before they went. Yeah. And you know, you're seeing more of that. People are getting boosters. Now P jugs already had her third. Mm -hmm. well, I'm getting mine this week. Are you good? Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to do it last week, but then Thanksgiving, but mm -hmm. I've only had my second, not getting my third for another month or so. Cause I have to wait six months. Well, and I had number four the other day, and God, I felt miserable. Yeah. Can't wait for number five. I'm going for a record, Guinness Book of <laughs> World Record for COVID vaccinations. You've, you've, <laughs> you've seen the movie E.T. If vans start pulling up in front of the cul-de-sac, and there's men wearing the suits and whatever, and they start taking your husband away. Yeah. That's why they're the, the, the he's officially an experiment of the government. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that pretty much is. They put the tube outside your house. Yep, yep. Man, just hey. get, just get him on the bike and go. Yes, then you put him on the bike. You put him in the basket of the bike and you take and, off and go. And you pedal your little heart out. I was going to a doctor's appointment the other day and I saw two motorcycles. Yeah, right? and I'm looking. Oh my outside. god, they're burning it up in St. Paul. They've been burning it up all week. It's so warm. Yeah, it's wonderful out. I remember my cutoff was 50 degrees, right? And I had heated gear. If you're on the freeway going 65, right, and it's 50 degrees, I mean, it feels a lot chillier than that. Sure. But I had you know heated gear, and it was great. And I used to ride pretty much all the way into November. And then I started again in March uh, if the roads were okay. Because they had a trike, it wasn't as dangerous on the slippery uh, sand from all the roads. So that was that was better. And I did ride in March quite a bit. Well, and you kept riding your motors or your trike, I should say, until it became an issue of you actually being able to onboard and offboard yourself to the gas, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd call the station and ask them on, hey. Can you unload me when I get there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to load him up. They had to load unload him. That's real commitment. Those are real balls. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, you know, that was my passion. They, that's the thing about MS that kind of sucks is all the things that I really loved got taken away, like golf. Man, I was a golf whore. I mean, it was great, right? I had so much fun playing golf all over the world. I would take clubs with me in my car no matter where i went and if i saw a course i just stop and i'd play it you know because it was there and uh love to do that and played all over the place uh eventually um when i was very first diagnosed with ms it was because i had triple vision in my right eye okay i would pull up to a stop sign there's one car there but it would look like there were three Ooh. same day i'd go golfing i put my ball on the tee 
and I'm seeing three balls and I'm thinking, just swing at the middle wood. <laughs> right. And at that point, it was time for me to go to an ophthalmologist. And that's the guy who actually, uh, you know, found out I had MS. So let's talk about Randy again and this ministry thing. You had uh, many experiences where you would go to New Orleans or you would go to Texas and you would help in hurricane relief efforts through the church on mission trips. And I thought you were going to go on one just uh, at the new year or you were considering going to Puerto Rico. One of the things when I quit my job was I wanted the ability to be able to um, do things like that. Um, and it's quite ironic. I came back from a mission trip and put in my two week notice at the job that I had. Uh, and I just, I fell in love with missions and being able to go out and help people. And within the first couple of years of owning my own business, a friend of mine was an insurance adjuster and we went down and worked in Miami after hurricane Katrina. And I insurance adjusters can make some really decent money. And I, after 10 weeks made a, a boatload and I came back and was like, what am I going to do with it? You know, I'm, and I saw something in a bulletin about uh, doing some relief work down in Louisiana after Katrina. And so I started mission trips going down there and I was uh, probably every six weeks I would go down there for a week and did that for a couple of years. And then after hurricanes in Texas, same thing. We'd go down and help out with the relief efforts of that. So I became a mission trip junkie. And it's been something I want to do and want to continue to do. And hopefully I'll be able to do that in my retirement. And it's one of the things I'm trying to get a ministry started so I can do just that, that I would be able to just travel down to wherever and be ready. So as soon as something hits, I'm just staged outside the area and be able to go in right away with supplies and knowledge and the know-how on how to help take care of things and help people out. Um, and yeah, you did mention the Puerto Rico thing. There's They had the hurricane go through there a few years back and they're still rebuilding. And there's a mission trip that's starting. Uh, actually, they have Christmas Day, we would be leaving and return New Year's Day. Um, I thought, what a, what a great Christmas present for myself this year to just send myself on a mission trip. So may or may not happen. I'm not sure. Uh, it hasn't uh-huh. been decided yet if we're going. I, I, we're looking for a number of people to make it happen. So um, we'll find out shortly if that's going to be a go or not. Uh-huh. So this ministry, what we need you to do is mail Randy money. <laughs> okay this is you just just cut to the chase here right <laughs> how how are you supposed to get anything done with supplies and travel and all that other stuff you know, help everybody if you got nothing to work with you got to have some scratch to get started so then i'm thinking okay i'm in i'll pitch in and i'm thinking okay pj what you got you got anything in your purse right and yeah. she's got my american express in there i think don't you yeah Oh, and I've had a hold of that American Express a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> this American uh, Express I have, I don't know. I've never had a card like it. Uh, it, it. It has a certain feel to it. It just feels good. It's the metal. It is. It, it's thicker than most cards. It is. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. Feels Heavier. very special to use it. But uh, yeah, as far as the ministry goes, 
the the thing I need to do, I've come up with a name already. It's the Living Well. And a lot of talk has been about, well, it I would be living well as well as helping others to live well is what it's all about. And um and you need to drop money in the well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the living well from where all it's more the stuff comes out rather than what goes in. And that's living yeah. well from where all blessings flow. And it's a matter of what comes out of there, the, the love, the joy, the peace, uh, the help. And one of the things that I'm, I'm working on trying to do is come up with a, a group of people that will help me to set up a 501c3 so that there is a tax deductible place for people to send donations so we can make this happen. So that's been a lot of the um, the work over the past uh, few months is just to come up with the people that would be able to help me do this. And still looking for that. Uh, somebody that understands how to put those kinds of things together because I'm the director, so to speak, more so than the doer. Um, I, I love to get out and work with my hands doing things. But when it comes to trying to figure out bureaucracies and computers and all that stuff, I was like, oh, that's not me. Um, that's but, what Hobbs but, has been dealing with all day. She got a new software program <laughs> and her life has become a living hell. Oh, gosh, my heart goes out for you. No, well, it's it. And here's the thing. This is just me. And I do I, I my day job. I do uh, loans. And yes, we got, and actually there's a lot of cool features about the new system, but any kind of new system, uh, you know, there's, there's problems, but man, do I feel bad for the IT guy. The yeah. IT guy has had to weigh in, like, it's like, sorry, again, you know, like I, that part, like if you, if someone builds a system, I can run it. If someone explains it to me and it's logical and it's step-by-step and it's replicable, like a scientific, like a science, you know, experiment good. I'm good. Like a board. Good. Show me how to do it. I got it. Tell me to build a board. Tell me to engineer a board. I'm, I uh, can't help you. Yeah. That's that's the same thing I'm dealing with. It's like, you know, I, with my business that I have, I have QuickBooks and I can run QuickBooks. I know what to do, but somebody showed me what to do. And it's very, you know, you just do this, 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 and I'll do all the rest. Great. Thank you very much. Yes. To set it up, it's just not happening. So that's the problem with this ministry to set it up. I don't have the um it's not my cup of tea we can adapt to a certain point and and we can learn things like we can we can absorb new things even though like <laughs> even at our age all of us <laughs> yeah. it's hard to teach that old dog new tricks <laughs> right but if it's not necessarily in your your natural strengths it's going to be a struggle for you and there are people that are really good at that and Randy, you already know this. I mean, on, you know, with the affiliation and, and the, the, uh, the, the reach that this particular podcast has, which we are forever thankful for. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of good people that are going to be listening to this, uh, that could probably assist you with that. Cause that would, that would be it's awesome. not me. I'm, I, I, well, I I'm up to, <laughs> I, I need to put a team together and a team can yeah. help me develop this thing. And once it's developed, then we can run with it. But, yeah, uh, for me to develop it, it's just not there. So yeah, you're putting it out there though, and that's just yeah. it. Law, you know, not even about you know religion or anything. I do believe in the law of attraction, and what you focus on expands, whether it's positive or negative. Sure. So if you focus on negative things all the time, that'll expand, and if you focus on positive things, that'll expand. So where's Moon on this? I, you know, and that's he's always focusing on positive things. Absolutely. Like I said, that's why the inspiration that that guy has always been has been incredible because 
he focuses on positive and he helps mm-hmm. other people to focus on positive. So if mm-hmm. you ask Moon, that's where you are. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you didn't mm-hmm. expect that, but it's the truth. He was um, a rock. For, he was a rock for me. I went through my yeah. divorce and I was I was new and on uh, working with him and Stacy. And I was, you know, really thankful for it. And I, he was absolutely a rock for me. I've seen him pull more people together that you wouldn't think would have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh my word, he he just people gravitate towards the positivity of what yep. he exudes. And um it, it's it's incredible. So mm-hmm. I love the word exudes. Yeah, okay. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was the right word or not, but it came out. So no, I, I tell was. you what, I, I yeah, love I love exudes. You know, that was one of the things we used to do on Smarter Than Stacy. Like we're just random asking questions, and a word would come out that I would find interesting, and I would scream <laughs> it for no apparent reason. I know. I love like, <laughs> we got yelled at for that too. I got yelled at for encouraging you for that because I think that's funny. It works. You're like cockold. <laughs> Cox and Hall. Cox and Hall. Yeah. That was the meeting. That was the meeting. That was one of the meetings. Cox yeah. and Hall. <laughs> For those of you that aren't, uh, you know, fans of Moon and Stacy and didn't hear that on Smarter Than Stacy, I uh, was filling in uh, because Stacy was out playing Smarter Than Moon, and the question was asked, "What is the capital of Belize?" Well, the actual answer, and I've actually even been there, was Belize City. But I forgot about that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's Cox and Hole. And uh, and everybody looked at me like, what? I said, Cox and Hole. <laughs> Cox and Hole, <laughs> right? And the next thing you know, I'm laughing. And, and I whole, laughed. That's the whole why show I... goes off the rails again. So, Randy, how do people reach out to you? Yeah. Um, they reach out to me via email is the best way. Um, it's rbdlmn at aol.com rbdlmn at aol.com yeah i've been doing the handyman stuff for 18 years and there's not too much that can get by me that i haven't figured out how to take care of so mm-hmm. I believe what, that. That's what true. was the email again rbd what was it rbdlmn at aol.com all right there you go episode 35 We've had fun with Randy, the handyman. We're doing yes. Ask the Expert. Uh, like the podcast, share the podcast. That's important. Write us if you have guest suggestions or you know want to criticize us or belittle us or make us feel worse than we should. should really. <laughs> uh, you can do that. Moonpjughobs at gmail.com. No and. Moonpjughobs at gmail.com. And next week, special guest. Haven't figured out who it is yet. I have I have an idea. Oh, we do have we'll one idea. Okay, good. We'll talk Tune about in it. next week right here with Moon, P. Jug, and Hob. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. 
Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery.